Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. This is the story of three Hawaiian men incarcerated in Arizona who learn from a fellow inmate about the power of their cultural roots. Far from home, serving time in a for-profit prison, these native Hawaiians rediscover their cultural identities from their native language to traditional dance. With their indigenous roots reawakened and re-entry around the corner, the men are challenged to take those positive lessons home to their family and to their friends. And with that, I'd like to introduce to uh, to our audience the uh, director of this terrific documentary that will be premiering on Independent Lens on PBS on May 6th. Uh, and the film is called Out of State, and we're joined today by the director and producer of the film, and that would be Kiara Lacey. Kiara, welcome to Film School. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. I'm um, excited to chat about, about the film. Yes, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I had a wonderful time with the film. Uh, it is such a... A moving film. Uh, it is a very—I hate to use this word because it's kind of a beaten to death sometimes. But it's a—it's almost a spiritual documentary in a lot of ways, uh, because that seems to be really where we're going with the stories of these men who've been incarcerated. Is that a fair way to to characterize your film? You know what? It's so funny you said it. Felt like it. A, a worn way to describe it, but you're actually one of the very first people to kind of describe the film in that way. I get beautiful a lot. But you're the first to sort of describe it as spiritual, and I think that is something that's super relevant for, you know, the people that share their lives to be on screen, like just finding themselves, grounding themselves with cultural elements or spirituality, and really what it comes down to, because the film is about adults who are, in incar- who are incarcerated and life post-incarceration. How do you figure out how to navigate that, and how do you find, how do you find forgiveness? You know, and I think those are pretty universal things, you know, for me in my everyday life. I screw stuff up all the time, you know, and to what degree that is depends on the person, right? Right. And and what's happened. And like, I think we're always sort of struggling with how we forgive ourselves and how we, you know, hope to find forgiveness from each other. I think this film in a lot of ways is grounded in that. And I think that's where that spiritual element comes into what helps you find that. You know? Well, it's certainly a film that showcases all of our desire for a quest, a quest to find yeah. ourselves, to find our families, find our way in life. And allegorically speaking, the film fulfills that sort of requirement of that description because these men are incarcerated. They're Hawaiian natives who are incarcerated in in Arizona. They literally and figuratively are living in a desert, having grown up on an island in the Pacific. And so that part of it, it sort of speaks to this idea of a quest. I mean, they certainly, their incarceration, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat why they're in prison. They've done some terrible things. They have wandered far off of their, of of what they, their expectations for life were when I'm sure they were young men. And yep. now they're trying to figure out not only how to get out of this situation, but how to find a way home. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about the, the men in the film. You know, before I started the film, 
I, I, the film started off as um, being mentored as part of the Sundance Institute's Native and Indigenous Labs. And before I ever went out to shoot, one of my mentors had mentioned this old, old documentary notion of loving your subjects. And before I even went out to be in filming, I didn't really think about that. I think through the process of making this film, you know, I've come to really appreciate the people who shared their lives to be on screen in this movie and what their goals were. Both David, Holly, and Kalani, who are sort of the three foremost characters in the film, they really put themselves, in my opinion, in a vulnerable space. Having done, like, as you said, they've done really bad things, but were willing to sort of open themselves up as humans and have that conversation. As much as the black and white of the convictions, you know, is there, there's also the fact that they are fathers, um, that they have families, that they, you know, what happens to them impacts the people around them. And so watching watching them kind of find their identity or place in prison in, like, this really messed up way, right? Like, to find yourself in prison, I guess, is not, it's not what anyone would hope for anyone, right? Mm-hmm. But knowing, but, you know, being grateful that it, you, you do sort of find something there, right? If you're going to be there, what can you do and do it in a healthy way. And, you know, knowing that that cultural or spiritual connection happens in the prison in this very unlikely space is powerful. And I think what that gave to each of these individuals, to Holly and to David specifically, to kind of help them on their journey and return home is really powerful. And I think the question that that sparks for me is, you know, once you find yourself in this really unlikely space, how does that help inoculate you from any of the pressure of returning back to real life. Does that, how much does that help you? And given the system and the structure that we're operating in, are you able to overcome the scarlet letter of prison, overcome the weight of what you've done to get you there in the first place and repair the relationships that you've probably messed up? So, um, you know, I start off with this idea of like, loving your subjects because that was something I, like I as a filmmaker had to really grapple with knowing the difficult, you know, the things that our subjects had done and really just coming to my own, own terms with how, how I deal with that. And at the end of the day, I can say like as humans, it's been knowing that they participated in this film with the idea that this is a way to give back. If somebody else understood what they went through, then maybe that'll help the next guy. And I can, and I'm grateful to each of them for that. Was it a challenge for you to embrace these people? Did you? I, I can't imagine going into a prison situation and knowing. And I, many years ago, working on a on a statewide ballot initiative about judicial prison reform, I visited mm-hmm. a, a prison, and I know how I felt walking into the prison. Um, yeah. the sort of this this sense of real danger. I, I felt that this is I'm I'm voluntarily walking into a dangerous situation, and then yeah. and then trying to connect with a couple of the people inside. I I can imagine that is just a whole other layer of you know sort of interpersonal communication challenges. Let alone getting to know them as the people that we get to know them as in this film. And I imagine that was quite a quite a challenge for you or maybe it wasn't maybe you were okay from the beginning no this is a great question there are a couple of things having spoken with people that work in the prison system a lot 
um, advised me before I went in. And the first was the morbid curiosity of sentencing. Don't don't focus on that. Because if the idea is really like, how do you move forward and see someone for where they're at now and help them to look ahead? You know, I didn't, as a filmmaker, I didn't want to bias myself heavily with the sentence. So I really just focused on, okay, what am I empirically, like, what's that, what's the empirical data we're collecting with the camera? What do we see? Right? And um, try not to manipulate that, you know, just trying to stay true to the experience of, of what we're recording. But, like, from a personal standpoint, you know, I was, like, I had to, I con- consciously made the decision that if I really believed in the idea of forgiveness and rehabilitation and that if somebody serves their sentence, then they do their second their second chance or their third chance when they get out, then I had to really commit myself. I committed myself to that idea mm-hmm. to give them that opportunity. And so I didn't look at the sentences before I, I went in. Um, and we also, like, you know, we were casting in the prison space, quote-unquote casting. Right. So, you know, I'm meeting somebody in that moment. I'm not meeting them in, in court. I'm not meeting them at, at home. I'm meeting them there in that moment. The one thing that did strike me that I was surprising and might just be true to our experience in this prison was it felt like I was home. And when I say that, it's this idea that, you know, I flew six and a half hours, drove an hour, you know, six and a half hours from Hawaii, from Honolulu to Phoenix, right? And then it's another like hour, hour and a half drive to get out to Eloy, Arizona from Phoenix. And I traveled all that way. And when I showed up in the prison, and, like, here in the desert in the middle of nowhere, like, literally in the middle of nowhere, I walked into the prison rec yard, and there I was with, like, about 100 men that spoke my native language that felt like people from home. And to go that far and still and feel like you've come back home and you're hanging out with, you know, somebody you, you would have seen as your uncle at home, it just really, it really surprised me. And the sense of com- camaraderie in that space, like a movie. I think that that really colored my perspective moving forward. It was it was like I was seeing men hug each other. I was seeing them laugh and talk to each other. And like you said, this doesn't change the severity of the sentencing, but it does reframe my perspective on it, right? And, you know, again, always in terms of process, just there to record what we're seeing and do our best to not influence the interactions that we're recording um, but also with the knowledge that I'm going home at night thinking this is not what I thought, right? I'm going to a medium maximum security prison. You know, I had never been to a prison before we started this film. And so I had all these preconceived notions. I had things that I had to unpack. And at the end of the day, like, when I show up and I'm meeting a human, and flawed humans like we all are, it just really forced me to rethink a lot of things. And you like to think that you're open-minded, or at least I'd like to think I'm open-minded, but it really it really forced me to think about who I am as a person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, well, did did your idea about the document? Because I, th- it's an intriguing idea that Hawaiians are, you know, in mass incarcerated in a, in in Arizona. That in and of itself yeah. is a doc. I mean, I understand the the impetus for wanting to do a documentary on that level alone. How much of your perception of what the film would be changed after that first day of being in uh, in the prison? Oh, man. I walked out of that prison, and I had to go eat ice cream and french fries because 
it blew my mind. You know, like we had this thing every day after you leave prison, like the heaviness of it. Like I, I tend to eat my feelings. I gained like 25 pounds making these films. Um, and and uh, we would go out after shooting every day and we'd sit down and, and over, you know, over ice cream in front of us, just like <laughs> talk about what, what just happened. Right. Because it was, it was like, none of it made sense. Why were these people so far from home? Why was they seeing like, our cultural practice so far from home. What does this all mean? And, you know, when we went in, I thought, I have no money. <laughs> Typical filmmaker mindset, like, okay, what can we do with what we've got, right? It's not cheap to fly all the way out to Arizona and, you know, bring in a crew and all of those things, right? Yeah. And I thought we were going to make a short film. You know, I'm grateful for the advisors that were like, no, you're not allowed to make a short film. No, this needs to be a bigger conversation. And, one thing I thought a lot about was is how are other people going to respond to this experience? Because we've seen so many opportunities for people to find change in the prison setting, right? There's been a, a, like a slew of incredible documentaries talking about like different programs that can help transform somebody's life. But for me, it was like, okay, if you could find that transformation in the prison setting, does that stick? And can you hold on to that transformation when you get out? Because that's the real test. And so, you know, we thought we were just going to make a short film and, and talk about this, like, hyper unusual scenario of taking people from a tropical island thousands of miles across the ocean to the desert in the middle of nowhere, right? And what is that? And then it, and then it just struck me. It's like the real, the real conversation is, okay, if we do that and – People expect it to be horrible, but they're actually finding themselves in some way, and there's something positive coming out of that. Right. What does that really mean after after that? Like, can you come home again? I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with uh, Kiara Lacey. She's the director of a new film called, new documentary film called Out of State. It is premiering on Independent Lens, one of the premier platforms for any film filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, and documentary that you would want to be on, and that premieres on May 6th. And you check your local listings for Independent Lens. Um, well, let, let's talk about David and Holly and um, Kalani. Kalani? Kalani? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Got it. All right. Um, let's talk about them. Uh, just a uh, just maybe sketch of their of their background uh, and how they, in some way, showcase or or highlight something about your experience as a filmmaker. How they sort of fit into that mosaic. Sure. With with David, um, who I would say is sort of like the focal character in the film. He had been bouncing in and out of prison for quite some time, starting around he hit the age of 27. And a lot of, a lot of that was due to um, drugs. For him, he had found his culture in prison, and it was really powerful for him. You know, there's a lot that gets taken away from you in the prison setting, but one right that remains yours is your spirituality, your religion, your cultural identification. That can't, that's always yours. And I think that was something he held on to really tightly and was really geared towards helping others connect with that. Right. And that was a cool thing. Like once, once somebody found it, it was like, they were ready to, sh they would, it was all about how to get everyone else to connect with it too. And it was really impressive to see how the men in the prison were eager to learn and share with each other about who they were 
as Hawaiians, as Native Hawaiians. And so that became David's life in the prison setting, so much so that, you know, in the film, when he is planning his life on the outside, he becomes a teacher of Hawaiian culture. Super cool. You find yourself in prison, you find this, this cultural element, and you use that as, you know, not only a way to understand yourself better, but also teach others in the prison setting, and then others when you get out. And that was everything to him. It was everything. And with Hale, who also was, a, you know, bounced in and out of prison for the majority of his life, that cultural and spiritual connection was super powerful. His goal when he was getting out was to really just think through, okay, how am I, you know, how am I going to make my life work? Who do I have in my life? And this is true of David as well, like for both of them, like how do we navigate reconnecting with our families Mm -hmm. and creating a social network when we get out? Holly gets out and he becomes a bus driver. He drives tourists to and from the airport um, and does tours. And that was sort of his way to transition work-wise back home. And then we have Kalani, who is what we call a kumuhula. He's the kind of the cultural like dance teacher in the prison setting. He is in for life. And just like a really in, in, incredible human being, but on the outside, the power of like, Drugs and things in life were very difficult, to say the least. And I think one testimony to what Kalani has been able to do is he is now, you know, using his time in prison to help others find their culture. And, you know, I, do I wish it was otherwise for him that he could do it on the outside? Yes, but, you know, at least he's found a way to do it on the inside and really have a lot of impact on people who need it, including men like David and Holly. So... You know, it's a, it's it's complex. It's complex, and there are the three sort of elements that, you know, the three the three people that really hold the core of the film. Well, well, yeah, and I just sort of a personal reflection on on those, uh, Kalemi, uh, Holly, and and David. And just uh, my my take on, especially Holly, he seems to have the system has just taken all the wind out of him. And he's, whatever it was that brought him to prison, whatever sort of internal demons or whatever it was that he's dealt with them. It feels like he's, he's, he's finally at a point where he's, he is, whether it's fatigue or if it's a a spiritual realization or whatever it is, he seems the person who is most amenable to the life that he's going to be having moving forward. He seems most, the most dedicated. David is is an intelligent man uh he is but there's there's a just an undercurrent of anger that he hasn't quite dealt with it feels like to me he's still grappling with whatever it was in his life and and he is he's the most tortured soul in the film and he wants to do the right thing i mean all these people want to do the right thing and kalemi is is he's made peace with his his fate he feels mm-hmm. it seems that he he he's going to make this as as intellectually and spiritually fulfilling as he can make it in where he is and they all have they're all particular individual unique stories and that's what makes this film work and i all of them you want you want something better for all of them in the film is that fair i think that's fair and i think it's really human you know if we have people who are part of our communities and they're going to get out, like, why wouldn't we want for their success? Because it's better for everybody, you know, and 
again, it, what do you believe in? You know, do you believe that people deserve a second chance even after the worst of things? And I, I really, yeah, you really have to think about it, but it, it is really something I believe in. And I hope even just for myself, right? Like if I mess something up, I really hope somebody's going to forgive me yeah. so I can start over again because that, that is life, whether it's big or small. And really for this film, it's, yeah, it's the idea of, okay, and even if society forgives us too, can we forgive ourselves, right? And can we, can we move past the, the, all of the pain? Super hard. And there's a subtext to the film. The subtext is, is the prison system, the post-prison system. And, and I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to, I'm not throwing rocks here, mm-hmm. but and I understand why the, sometimes the system is is not humane. I understand why it there's sort of a rigidity to the way that that things happen with people in this situation. But it does speak to a system that is getting better a little bit, incrementally better mm-hmm. about dealing with people as after they get out of prison. We're finally, finally, finally coming around to the idea that people should not be continually punished forever and ever because of something that happened. They paid their price, as they as as often said, you paid your price to society. But there's still mm-hmm. some there's still things in this system that make it extraordinarily difficult to overcome. And again, people are responsible for their own behaviors. And I, I mean, I'm not, you know, there, but there is this sort of subtext of the, the film. It's not a lot of the film, but it, it, it pops up now and, and, and then in the telling of their story that should cause us some reflection on how we deal with people who uh, have committed crimes and then how we deal with them at, once they're out of prison. Yeah, I think, I think it's um, important to remember is that structures and systems have outcomes. Right, and whether or not it helps people to have healthy outcomes or not healthy outcomes is important to to recognize. When you look at the numbers, it's regardless of sentencing, um, the numbers, at least in the state of Hawaii, in terms of recidivism, suggest that there's something bigger happening. Yes. That there's a bigger problem at hand, That's and right. so, you know, what can we as a community do to improve those numbers? It shouldn't be 67% of people who get sentenced and serve time in prison end up back in again. We can do better than that. And it's putting the onus on everybody, right? It's, and this is a very Hawaiian concept. It's, it's when somebody does something bad, it affects everybody. It's 360. It's not just the actor. It's the person acted upon. And how you find forgiveness and create solutions so that both individuals can move on is important. Right. It's called, For us, it's called heva. And have and wrongdoing, it's like, it's never, it's never just one side, it's both sides. And so, um, truly, if, we, if we're going to help the victim and the, and the actor, it's like, we need to address a system to make sure that both are, have find, find healing. And, yeah, it's just important. And for our community, too, again, like, every, every individual has a network, their parents, their um, brothers, their sisters, there are all these people around them. We did a talk recently in the community and, you know, almost every kid raised their hand saying they knew somebody who was in prison. And it brought tears to my eyes because it's not something you would expect. But it's the truth. When we have such high incarceration rates, why are we not surprised? And, and if we're really thinking forward, you know, these kids are impacted by seeing the lives of the people, you know, that they know uh, circling through the prison system. And, it, and it's, 
important for us if we really believe in the future for our kids to help fix the system. Absolutely. The fact that they're in a for-profit prison as well is another element, although, it's again, it's not something that you... Uh, that's talked, discussed much in the film, but this idea where other countries are doing this much better than we are. There's no reason in the world why we can't do it better. There's none other than is sort of the bane of American existence has to do with follow the money. Is there money to be made off of this? And once we start making people profit centers for for companies that imprison people and for people who take care of the health of other people, we're in a world of trouble. And that's what we do. We profitize, mm-hmm. we monetize, we... I'm not a profit center. I should not be a profit center for a drug company or a healthcare company. That, that, and so, and this is part of, and this, I'm just sort of off topic a little bit, but also in prisons. That should never, that should never have been something that we should be doing. So it's in the film, but it's, again, it's sort of a, a detail to the film, but it's also part of a bigger picture. Yeah, and for our community, it's complex. Like, um, yeah, it's just, it's complex. <laughs> yeah. Like, we, and I think philosophically, ultimately, the idea of profiting off of prison is in, is incredibly difficult, but also making sure we have appropriate facilities in the immediate and housing for people uh, when they are incarcerated. Um, and livable conditions is also important. Well, so yeah. it's like, of course. how do we, yeah, totally. So it's, you know, the goal is how do we create a system moving forward yeah. that is going to help people in their future and will fit in philosophically with who we are as a country. There was a time in American history where that we had, the was the envy of the world, our prison system, because it was about rehabilitation. And somewhere in the last century or so, it became about incarceration and mm-hmm. about punishment. And mm-hmm. while those are an elements of a, of a prison system, I understand it, I do. But at the same mm-hmm. time, we've lost sight of the idea of rehabilitating people so that they can, can go back to a life that's productive and positive. And as you, as you talked about, there's a ripple effect of someone in prison and and this is one example of many other examples that we could talk about, but that ripple effect is, it's devastating. And, and it's, and it's also sort of a hidden cost of doing business in, in our society. It's a, it's a hidden cost, but it's a cost nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kara, thank you. You're speaking to, a, to the choir. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I just, to make the point, and uh, the film again. Uh, the film is a wonderful film, and as as we've described it, I, as I've described it as as this uh, you know beautiful telling of the story of these three men and and their their journeys, their their lives, and, and the the ramifications of of what they've done and what they're trying to do now in the, in the positive, most positive way moving forward, and an appreciation of your the culture, an appreciation of their of their community, and it, it, it's about all those things, and um, my congratulations to you on the good work. No, thank you, and um, thanks for chatting this morning. Really appreciate the opportunity. You're so welcome. Again, we've been talking about the film Out of State, which will be premiering on PBS on May 6th uh, coming up, and on PBS Independent Lens Series, and we've been talking with the producer and director of the film Out of State, and that would be Kiara Lacey. Kiara, thank you so much. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.